Welcome to today's episode of Fire in the Belly. This is where we get to hear some pretty inspiring stories from some amazing people. You know, it's always an absolute pleasure to sit down, take time out and have a warts and all conversation about their journey. I'm always intrigued by what it's taken for people to get to where they are today. And hopefully in this interview, we get to hear some more about that. From this, my mission is to help people to find their own fire in their belly. And from that, to live the mightiest version of you. So without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy today's guest. Success is a process, not an event. Hello and welcome to Fire in the Valley. Today we have myself, Mighty Pete, and we're joined by the Amanda Barantes. Uh, hopefully I've got your name right. Would that be a good start? Yes. Yeah, you got there it. You go. Listen, welcome <laughs> to the show. It's great to have you on, Amanda. So thank you. Yeah. So, so happy to be here. Thanks, Pete. Listen, it's awesome. Awesome. So tell us, who are you? What do you do and where are you from? I am Dr. Amanda. My so my company is NFA No Fucking Around Money and I'm from Colorado. So I actually I'm a Colorado native, which is really rare in the states to live in one state your whole life. Many different places in the state. Um I work with entrepreneurs helping them heal their relationship to money because most entrepreneurs have a lot of money blocks, which, you know, we'll dive deep into all of these conversations, but it's, you know, anything that's stopping you from having the amount of money that you want and feeling really good about it. That's what I help entrepreneurs with. And, and I did, I started on that journey because I went from food stamps to building a six figure business fast. And so that's been one of my greatest you know, joys and, and biggest genius zone journeys to help people in that way, because money causes a lot of shame and doubt and fear and resentment and frustration and just all kinds of stuckness. So I love helping people break through their money blocks. So many questions already, but um, (laughs) no fucking around. Why are we not fucking around? (laughs) so great isn't it you know it's a great story behind it um when i was in high school there was a volleyball league and it only needed to have one adult and i was like dad you be the guy you be the adult on the volleyball league i'll get all my friends together and we'll we'll just beat everybody and i named us team nfa and of course we won and then all of my sports teams after that were team were nfa and so one day i was coaching a client and i said you know he said oh you what you do works so well for me you're kind of like my tough love dad but you're also like soft and sensitive and it really helps me break through. And I said, well, yeah, I'm not fucking around about your transformation. I really care about you. And it stuck in my mind. And so I started naming my packages NFA, no fucking around transformations. And then I was sharing this at a chamber of commerce event and someone was like, that's good. So I put it on my bio on Instagram. And then this branding woman reached out to me and she wanted me on her podcast. She's like, that is awesome. I love that. And then we started having this conversation and on the podcast. She said, you, you need to name your company that. And I stayed up literally all night long thinking about it. I was like, am I really going to do this? Like, that's kind of bold to have a swear word in your company name. <laughs> and I woke up, I mean, I, I didn't sleep. So in the morning I got up and I'm like, I'm doing it. I'm going for it. So here's, here's NFA. And you know, my clients and the people in my community just love that phrase because it's NFA joy, NFA money, NFA fun. Like let's be NFA about our radical responsibility of creating lives and businesses that we love. I'm so intrigued by that. That sort of when that little gem or that little seed got sown, it's like up all night, no fucking right. You're just, it, it's getting done. End of. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Is, is that you? <laughs> Once you get your teeth into something, it just happens. Oh yeah, definitely. And usually it is with a, a, a night of no sleep <laughs> because my brain just gets, it's this fun, creative 
exploration. I think business building is so fun for that reason, because Mm -hmm. there's so much space to grow into the fullest extent of yourself and to bump up against all kinds of things, you know, limiting beliefs, imposter syndrome, doubt, uh, you know, finding who you are in a really deep level uh, through the business building journey. So it's something I love about building businesses and just that constant idea phase. Do you know who you are? Oh yeah. And learning every day, yeah, you know, yeah. like I, I'll think I do. And then another layer will come. I'm like, Oh, I, wow. I can't believe there's still more to learn. Hmm. Uh, you know, and it, I'm always learning about out, things outside of myself, but it's been amazing to go on that journey of, of learning about yourself. You know, I was really stuck when I started my business and a lot of victim mindedness and, and a lot of limiting beliefs and self-doubt and low, low self-confidence. And so it's been such an, a complete overhaul to dive into personal growth and development and change who I am from the inside out. So how, how long, you know, when did that change happen for you in your life and you know, why? You know, I would say, I always think things happen. You know, it's like that you said, planting the seed, like when you stay up all night and you plant the seed and you start to shift, you can have it happen radically quick. Like it could be a thought and then things really start to change. And then the actions behind it take time to actually see things on the outside change. And so for me, I would say the idea of becoming a coach and changing my life really started when I was on the floor crying one night. I mean, for me, my entrepreneurial journey was really about personal transformation because I had left my 15 year marriage, having an affair. My next relationship wasn't working out. So I was laying on the basement floor one night crying because my boyfriend had moved out. And so the basement was empty. Like, and then, so I'm just staring, like most of his furniture was downstairs and I was upstairs. So he moved out and the basement's empty. And I was like, just staring at it, crying and going, Oh my God, my life is a mess. Simultaneously, you know, I was in grad school and I had three kids and I, and I lived in a very expensive area. So I had spent the day looking in the paper for places to live and I couldn't afford anything. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm going to be homeless. I was seeing a free counselor and she told me you got to go on food stamps, which I had a lot of shame around, you know, that is that social assistance and feeling like I was a failure. And so I sat up and I thought, you know, what is the common denominator here? I'm like, it's me. Like I'm the center of these problems. I got to do something different. And so in the coolest way, it led to podcasts because I was really busy. And so I started listening to podcasts every chance I got, I would, you know, while I was washing the dishes and walking to school and taking my kids to school, just listening to podcasts, listening to podcasts. And it really started to change the way that I think. And so, and then similarly, I noticed like all these podcasts are done by coach type people. What if I become a coach, you know, like, and it just planted that seed. And so at, at, interestingly as well, at the same time in my department, we had like national news fallout of professors leaving and everyone was really stressed. And I was like, I don't want to be a professor. You know, that was the journey that I was on. And I was years into it and I just saw stress. I saw low pay. I'm like, well, you know, what if I just take the leap and become an entrepreneur and be a coach? You know, at least I'll try. And I could always go back to being in academia. So I finished my PhD program. And then that first year I took the leap. I had a few months of living money saved up. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to do it. And I ended up really quickly being successful. And so that first year I ended up going six figures. Awesome. So what did you do your PhD in then? Uh, sociology. Well, okay. 
Yeah. Yeah. So a real focus on behavioral sciences in big mm. ways, like social psychology. And I, my dissertation research was with incarcerated men. So I did their life history interviews and, and, you know, it was men who had spent on average 18 years incarcerated and then getting involved, getting involved. And then, so I looked at their trauma across their life course and then how they would transform through this program that they were in at the end of all that. So are you a people watcher? Is that your thing? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> they get to an yes. airport, give you a bag of popcorn. Yeah, we're, totally. we're good for the day. <laughs> yes. I love people. I love figuring out the puzzle of people. Mm. It's, mm. it's fascinating. And the puzzle myself, you know? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Well, that's, that's what it's all about. Tell me what, what does fire in the belly mean to you, Amanda? Ooh, I love it. I would say inspiration. I, I like the inspirational fire, like that fire where mm. you, you wake up and you're like, yes, I've designed my life to be a, something that I enjoy every day. And it's, and it's, and it's magnetic. I, I love that term fire in the belly. It's magnetic. You know, you attract people through your fire in the belly and it shines through in a way that other people can see and feel and experience when they're around you and they're attracted to you because that's a light that a lot of people don't have mm. or they haven't learned how to cultivate. I was going to say, why, why don't they have it? Have you figured that out? Yes and no. I, it's, it's some, in some ways, like the NFA answer would be people are lazy. You know, people don't think that they have they don't know that they have access to the answer. So they don't see the plan or the way, but then sometimes it's also that people are, they, they're not willing. They want the outcomes of, they want to be like, Oh yes, I have fire in my belly. I'm an inspired person, but then they're not willing to look within and go, what do I need to change to get that? They somehow think it's outside of them and that it's going to fall in their lap in some way, but then they don't, they either don't know how to take action on it or they're too scared to take action on it. Hmm. Isn't it funny how it, 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 it takes well yeah i can never decide whether it's are we driven by pain or pleasure really i suppose is and this is my interesting thought because if you've gone from food stamps you know to six figures you say in the first 12 months i mean that's pain right it's kind of going i'm not staying here i'm not this this has to change right this is this is pain yeah. driven and is pain the, the main yeah. driver for you is that always a useful place or a useful thing I love that you're saying that because I have people sometimes ask me, you know, like what's once one absolute truth and they go, well, we're animals and we're driven by the pleasure pain principle. I, that's an absolute truth to me. You know, we're animals. So we always want to avoid pain and seek pleasure. So they're, they're one in the same. You can't really separate them. Like my seeking of pleasure is an avoidance of pain. And mm. so it's the same, say, you know, same different side of the same coin. And so, and yeah, pain and fear can be intense motivators. I, you know, I prefer to be inspired from within where it's like, I choose how to design instead of being pushed from the motivation of fear. And cause you can get far with a, a fear motivation. Mm -hmm. You know, I would say even my first year of business was that, and it's now I'm in my third year of business. It's like, ah, oh, I can sit and relax in my business and create it in a way that's not so stressful. You know, that first year it was. I learned a lot <laughs> and there was a, and it was very fear motivated. You know, I look back and I go, wow, I was, it, it, I don't, I don't want to live my life in a place of being stressed and fear motivated. And a lot of people, that's what they do their whole life and they don't know how to do any differently. Yeah. It, and it does, it, it changes the energy, right? You know, when you can actually get to do what you want to do or get to do or love to do, then yeah, I have to do this. I need to get this. I need, you know, Completely different energy shift, right? 
Oh yeah. Big time. Well, it's where it gets to be easy instead of hard, mm-hmm. you know, like, so I, I talk to people a lot about the difference between hard work and, and work, <laughs> you know, like you're going to put effort in to build your business, but do you want to do it through hard work and feel like you're pushing a boulder up a mountain and you might, you know, it's like, you're, it's hard and, and you slide back and get, well, even when you get to the top, you're exhausted, you know, and then you just keep seeing the next peak. Or do you just like, oh, let's throw pebbles downhill <laughs> and have the gravity help us and just have it be easier. So my 2021 mantra was work less, make more, have fun. And so I align everything I do from that place to the best of my capabilities. You know, of course I get stuck in my own traps sometimes and, and then I reevaluate, but that's, that's the thing about being an FA and being a person like you're asking, like, where do people get stuck? It's daily practice. Hmm. Like I'm dedicated to it daily. I don't, I don't just go, Oh, I'm going to go to the gym once and think that everything's going to be healthy and amazing. I've got to do this every day. What I choose mean? to do it every day. You push the iron <laughs> once and that's not you fixed for life. Well, that's, exactly. that's really unfair, right? <laughs> it, it is, you know, but, but how boring would it be if that's all it took? <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, I got ripped once. I still am. It's like, yeah. wonderful. How, how fantastic is that? <laughs> no, it's, it's, but it's true. I mean, I love that mantra though. It is, it's, you know, I think it's, it's a really good. Do you often leave your, leave your life by mantras? Do you, do you like to have a theme for every year? I do. Yeah. I love having things for every year. I usually do three word mantras. And then this year it was like the three phrases, you know, so it was that work less, make more, have fun. So yeah, I always set up every year with a new mantra, like, okay, what's the theme of this year? Sometimes it changes, but generally that'll be the overarching theme for me for a year of whatever, whatever my next growth edge is, is what I focus on. I was going to say, what, what, what phase are you in in your life? Do you know, are you grow through your, you know, your winter, spring, summer, autumn? That's a great question. I, you know, I don't know if I'll ever not be in a growth phase. I can't imagine that. Like I mm. love, I love learning. It's my highest value is learning. I, I learn something new every day or many things new every day. Um, I would say I'm in, yeah, that, that's a very interesting question. I wouldn't, I would say it changes every week. You know, sometimes I'm in an inward like winter phase where it's like, okay, it's time to slow down to speed up. You know, like I need to go inward. I need to be reflective. I need to assess and, and see what's here. And then there's times for like, okay, here's the, you know, like I'll get into a project. And like I said, I'll stay up all night because I'm just excited about it. And I'm like, Oh, like I, I just, you know, dive in all the way. And then I'm tired after that. So then I'll kind of go inward and ride the wave. And it's, so it fluctuates quite a bit. Hmm. No, it's, it's always interesting to see how, you know, um, yeah, what, what sort of area they're at. Cause I mean, I, I noticed with so many people that people go through like five or seven year cycles, a seven year in particular seems to be quite, quite common, you know, people mm-hmm. are like, yeah, I lost my job then. And then, and then, and it's like seven years ago, seven years before that, seven years before that. And they're like, Oh my God, I've never spotted this, you know? So I don't know. It's always interesting to see how, I don't know, it's a human thing, whether it's in us or what, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. I um I can't remember where I read this, but it was quite a while back, but but they're in anthroposophical, which most people haven't heard of, but there's like a philosophy that you go through phases like that and it's every 7 years. Hmm. That is that it is like a spiritual evolution that yeah. happens every 7 years. Oh, it makes sense, right? You know, because we as humans, we you know, we, our, our values do change, our needs, our wants, our values, etc., you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Well, well you think about just growth trajectories and development, like you have kids and then you get married and then, and then starting business. I think business has phases like that. Like, you know, my business is in the phase of flow right now. And, you know, at first it was that, that push. It's like, and it did, you know, it was like, the, like to get a business started, there's a lot that goes into it. Yeah. And so there's, it's phase based. Uh, do you, does that, I mean, are you, are you better to be, um, in that challenge phase? I mean, do you like that sort of challenge? Let's get our teeth into it. What's possible. What can I do? I mean, do you like, does the, the flow state in you, is that come out of those occasions or are you let's just have a coffee and a clean sheet and I'll come up with amazing things. Where, where do you sit? You know, I'm changing because I think I used to be in almost an addictive phase of mm. stress. Like, like, oh, I, I, I had to be stressed to be in Mac. Like, I didn't know what to do without stress. You know, I was like, that was just how I operated. And so that's been a big growth occurrence for me in the last couple of years where I go, does it have to be this hard? No, I'm creating that. <laughs> and so that's, you know, that's something I work with people on a lot is, is being present in the moment so that you're not always feeling like you're, you're looking for the next thing to accomplish Yeah. because then when you get there, you always, people that are stuck in that, I think of it as a money block. Uh, usually it's a money causes stress money block, which is it, counterintuitive because you think, Oh, if I have the unconscious belief that money causes stress, then wouldn't I make things easier? But people that have that money block typically don't look at the most efficient and effective ways to make money because they're going, 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 and always looking at the next thing. And so you cause yourself to put a lot on your plate and always be seeking the future and in not living in the present. And so when you're in the present, you just take it day by day and you trust that things are going to evolve and unfold and be attracted to you in much easier ways. So another thing I always say is there are easier ways to make money. You know, so when I see myself grinding and getting into that kind of hustle mentality, I'm like, Hmm, are there easier ways to make money here? <laughs> what can I let go of? <laughs> And is this all about making money, do you think, or is it something else? No, it is and it isn't. Tangibly, yes, and and no. The reason I love to focus on money is because, again, it's that spiritual piece of ourselves. It's the outer expression of your inner world, and it's so easy to measure in a certain way. You know, the way that you feel about money and, and how much money you have is going to be very connected to your inner thoughts. And so your outer world is a reflection of your inner world. And so for me, it's really easy to have, to, I have people walk through a money story and I can learn so much very quickly about their limiting beliefs, their mentality about work, you know, their relationships. Like, I mean, there's so much there. So that's so, so of course I love to help people make money because money makes the world go around, but it's, it's the, it's really the feeling of be feeling good about your life and, and the value you bring to the world that's all money is, is an exchange of value. Uh, and that's what I was going to say. I mean, is it that sort of, it's that value exchange based on your current progress or your current position? Oh, I'm here in my life. My value is at X, which matches my bank account or matches my happiness factor or matches the car that I drive. Therefore we're in alignment. Is it, does, is that, is that, are we on the right lines here? Yeah, definitely. I, I don't think it's so cut and dry and simple because people see it so differently. Like first, you know, one person could be a mega millionaire and have a, you know, a used car that barely runs because that's what they choose <laughs> or it probably runs well because they have the money for it, but they might choose, you know, like the millionaire next door style. It's like, 
regular car, small house, but they have millions of dollars. Whereas you could have someone who doesn't have a lot of money and, and, and values things differently. So money, we spend money on what we value. And so it's going to change throughout your life because your values change. Hmm. And so it's not necessary. There's no like cut and dry, like, Oh, if you look this way and feel this way and act this way, then that equals success to everybody or financial success to everybody. It's very, it's very unique and individualized. What's success for you then? Relaxation, (laughs) feeling relaxed and free to choose Hmm. how I spend my time and my day and my money and, and what I, what I, you know, the, 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 the helping for me, because my zone of genius is like learning and teaching. Like I love to learn new things and teach it to people and help them transform. And I transform with them. And so, you know, success looks like I get to choose every day, how I do that and, and really just design my time to fit exactly what feels right for me. Well, this is super interesting. So the zone of genius for you, you talked about being learning and teaching and is it the, is it the exchange of information or is it that you can do it or is it the energy sort of given off by the person that you are communicating with, you are teaching or, or passing it on to? Do you, do you know what part of the, the, the actual process? You, yeah, you it's, it's a great question. I would say because I love learning so much that Mm. it's the part of mastery of what I'm learning, because when you teach something, you really figure out what you don't know. (laughs) And so I notice, like I'll have shifts in what I'm teaching because once I, I learn it, I learn it, I I start teaching it. And then I'm like, I got it. And then I move to like something else because I, now that's the next quest of learning. So it's really the, it's the, and a lot, I, it's fascinating to be able to interact with people through my love of learning, because it, that's what, you know, it's self-mastery in a lot of ways. Mm. Yeah, I is. get to help other people master themselves through my own self-mastery. Well, that's it. I mean, you know, I don't know. It reminds me of a saying someone said to me recently. It's like, you know, people sort of say, oh, do you love me? And it's like, well, love <laughs> is actually how you make me feel about myself when I'm around you. when you're around i feel better about myself therefore yes i love you (laughs) (laughs) well that's fascinating you said it's so true because we're always playing to our highest values Mm. so so the reason you're gonna love someone is like are they from your perception are they fulfilling what your highest values are if they are then you're gonna feel more of a sense of love for them if they're not it's gonna be more challenged and so you know in designing uh, your relationships it's no it's being aware of that like what are your values and what are mine and how do we co-create a reality where we speak to each other's values and fulfill those because then you'll always have that feeling of love and you see, we're going, to, we're going to go down a rabbit hole, I can tell, but, uh, <laughs> and I have this fascination, right? Because I, I do think a lot of people, and, and it's probably going to tie in here in terms of monies, you know, limiting beliefs, uh, paradigms, whatever way you want to call them, um, you know, p- people's values are, and I would sort of say they're, they're masking voids, you know, so the voids being your values, I see that quite a lot, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh yeah, you know, I really want to make money. It's like, why? Because we never had any. Yeah. Okay. You're exactly right. Yeah. So when, you, when you get it right, what the hell do you do? So it's like these, what I would call sort of core values, but actually they're not soul values. And that's yeah. sort of the difference I've, I've started to see. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, totally. It, it's, uh, it, yes, very insightful. And the person I learned values from, so I'm a trained uh, values determination person from Martini, And he says exactly that your voids become your values. And so once you fulfill it, you move on to the next thing. Yeah. And, and that's where it's, you know, I think of values in this way, the way that he teaches it, it's very much, you know, Gay Hendricks is the one who coined the term zone of genius. And it's very similar. It's like, what's your zone of genius is going to expand and change over time because you grow and change over time. For some, it might be such a deep void, you know, that it never changes. Like for me, I think learning will never change because I had, you know, in some certain ways, a very limited knowledge childhood. Like I watched a lot of TV and my household wasn't like talking a lot about ideas. And, and so I, I love learning. I don't know that that will ever stop because it's, I think it's a pretty huge void in, in my life in, from a childhood perspective money. Of course I was on food stamps. So I'm like, I want to see how much money I can make and how fun it is to make it. Like, how can I have the game of money making be fun? Who knows? Maybe when I'm at a hundred million dollars, the the void will go away. I don't know, but (laughs) I don't see that happening necessarily. And and love, you know, relationships. I had a huge void on relationships because I, you know, I just wasn't successful at them and I had a really hard time. And so then, you know, my first quest was like, oh, relationship coaching. And I dug so deep into understanding relationships and, you know, healed and repaired, did repair more because my ex-husband and just changed all my relationships in my life. And, you know, I just recently got remarried and my, it's the most incredible relationship I've ever had in my life. And so, you know, that void is getting filled in a way that it wasn't before. Hmm. No, that is fascinating. I mean, was any of that present in your, in your growing up or your childhood or anything, or are these all later conditions, just life conditions? Uh, which parts? Well, I suppose, I mean, anything there, I mean, you talked obviously the voids being the likes of, you know, multiple relationships, the likes of food stamps of financial triggers, financial voids, if you like, I mean, or are these all sort of later conditions that you found yourself in? Well, I'll say this first, just, you know, from like the scientific perspective of we get all of our emotional downloads or our, you know, our, our, all of our downloads when we're kids. And it could be from our parents. It could be from movies, preachers, teachers, anything that's in your surroundings. It's when we're the most conditioned subconsciously. And so, you know, it comes from your childhood, whatever you're playing out in your adulthood until you become conscious of it. And then you get to choose whether you want to keep playing that out or not. So the reason most people are stuck is because of that they don't know that they think like, you know, I'm just getting these results and I'm not sure how to change it. They don't know. I've got to go to the root of the issue. If I, if I want to have long lasting change, I've actually got to recondition my unconscious programming, Hmm. which is, is, you know, to me, like Jedi work. (laughs) And so, you know, that's, that's, I love doing that. And I've done that with myself. So I'd say all of it was rooted in my childhood. And then what happens is because it's rooted in your childhood, then you, because you believe it and to internalize it, whether it's conscious or unconscious, you start to replay it out because what you believe is what you attract. So if you have these limiting beliefs, you're just going to keep attracting it to prove it to be true. And then it gets reinforced over and over and over again until you decide that you want to learn something different about and be conscious about it so that's that's huge right when you start to actually you you spot your own your own truth and you're like going uh, okay my my truth might be slightly flawed here right you know yeah oh yeah oh i had a lot of negative beliefs about relationships and money and myself and all this you know all the things yeah yeah no, it is. It is fascinating, and and to see that, and to, you know, to to to, to you know, to go through to the point that we actually, when we can actually recognize ourselves and almost 
and and disconnect from ourselves at the same time it's like going okay that's super interesting the journey that we've been on you know Um, yeah uh, have you been this version of yourself before i mean in your life have you this sort of clear clean version of who you are and this level of understanding or has it always been a bit higgledy puggledy for you (laughs) I would say I've always been very NFA. (laughs) Like when I get into something, I go all the way, you know, like that's always been me. It's just played out in different ways. You know, so it's been sports was big for me growing up. And then, you know, having three kids and getting a PhD, that was a definitely NFA moment. (laughs) It was like, I, I decide something and I go all the way, you know? And so starting a business similar, like I decide to start a business and I go all the way. There's big fluctuations of my points of focus within those topics but the overarching like going all the way has definitely been a, a consistent thread for me why it's a great it's a great question like this is where you know you were asking is that something that's you know like the value changes over life is it like mm. your core soul value or is mm. it like these other values that are more operational and behavioral yeah. i i think we have soul value i i like that term that you just said it's like soul values like i think people are definitely born with certain propensities and then it gets enhanced by their environment. So, you know, being a sociologist, it's a lot about if you're, you know, thinking only about sociology, it'd be your environmental conditioning. And then if you think only biology or psychology, it's like, or or let's say biology, it's going to be genetic. You know, I really believe in the interaction of the two. And so for me, I think I was born with a lot of the propensities that I have, and then they got enhanced across my life course. You were born with them? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we're like a blank slate when we're born. I mean, and I have, you know, I I know you have three kids. Having three kids, my pregnancies were all very different. And they were so different from day one. You know, like they were different kids. Like their personalities were very different. And and then, of course, you know, there's age. They got different versions of me growing up and... So that's going to affect things differently. And I mean, to me, these are the greatest mysteries of life that I love to think about and play with. <laughs> where, where do you think the, the behaviors come from then? Is it just, is it a big stirring pot of the gene pool or is there something out there? I think, I, I definitely, I believe in universal consciousness. So I would, there's another layer. I was raised fundamentalist Christian. And so I had like big shifts in my upbringing from that to like, then I went into feminism and sociology and, you know, shifted all of that. And and then into, you know, we got, went really deep into John Martini's work, told a different layer. And then, you know, all the metaphysics and quantum physics and, you know, behavioral sciences and all those things. And so for me in the grand scheme of, of all of those experiences, yeah, I think for sure there's, I don't know how you would label it. Like, you know, for some people it's God, it's light, it's energy. Definitely. I think scientifically there's, you know, we are, we're particles and we're beings of light ultimately. And so your frequency is what's going to create certain patterns in the way that you're born. Yeah. That's how I think of it from a scientific perspective. And, and that's like spirit because we can't recreate energy. Yeah. So what is that? Where did the energy come from? That's so true. It is so true. Someone described themselves to me like a, 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 and I love the analogy, but it's like a blown up paddling pool, you know, like a paddling pool (laughs) the right side. It's like, I'm like, I'm kind of like this big structure, but actually if you deflated me, you could pack me into a little box in the corner. And it's like going, 
I kind of like that, you know, it's like, yeah. you know, we talk about, you know, we're all 99% space and all the rest, you know, and it's like, yeah, if you condense me down, I'd be a whole lot smaller. You know, same yeah. weight, but smaller, you know, it's like, yeah, that's fabulous, right? You know, just a different level of consciousness. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's been a really, really exciting exploration. That's one of my, I am statements is like, I am consciousness expanding, which is that, you know, it's like, figuring these things out to me, like that, that's what brings tears to my eyes. Like you fire in the belly. That's that. It's like the greatest mysteries of life. Like, why are we here? Where did we come from? Where do we go? What's, what is this all about? Do people get you? (laughs) Not really. (laughs) I think it's so fascinating. You say that I just had a big weekend of a lot of like breakthroughs in this way of like, it's an interesting place to be when you're someone who's on a quest for truth and, and, and consciousness expanding because you don't really fit that well into a lot of places. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I kind of, I don't know, maybe it's the show, maybe it's other thing, but I get a lot of people that have to kind of hide their light under a bushel a bit, you know, to order to be able to be social or else to slow their thinking down so that others can keep up or, simplify yeah. the processes and just going yeah just let's i'll slow it right down here so that everyone can keep up right yeah so it's not often you get to sort of stretch your mental wings and really give yourself a good bone to chew on as such you know yeah well that that's you I, you're that's what you're attracting because you must be that there you go it's, yeah. it's me I, yeah. I need to go and get myself <laughs> a, big, a big spiritual bone to, to chew on to give me something to think about right you know yeah yeah so talk to us then about, I mean, you know, the money healer is, is one of the, you know, the, the sort of uh, the brand lines, I suppose, for this, really. What, what is it all about and how do you help people? It's about, I mean, really, like the, the, the money healer term came from a client I was working with. I was doing money stories with him and his siblings who had a business together. And, you know, we went through weeks of money healing type of work. And they, at the end, you know, they're like, you're a money healer. Like, oh my God, like our family interacts with each other differently now and everything's different. And so, you know, that piece of healing your, your money, it has really to do with shame and fear and doubt and guilt and, and fear, you know, like fear and shame are really low energies. And, and most people feel a lot of that about money. And, and I've worked with people of all different incomes and class levels. And it's, it's one thing that I can't think of a person I've met yet who's, who feels a hundred percent good about money they might say, I have the amount I want. Like I, you know, there's people who are financially free, but they don't feel good in their lives. And, and so, you know, it's like, I haven't, I think that people, that's not to say people don't have moments of feeling good and, and they don't have an overarching feeling of, of their life being great. But a lot of people, it's like either they're excelling in one area and then there's something else that's completely off. So it's like, let's say maybe they're making a whole bunch of money and they're feeling pretty good about it, but then they're degrading their health. And so that's to me, a symptom of misalignment. And so money, like the money healing part is about alignment. Like how can you get into alignment in your soul to feel good in this body, in this life? That's, that's what my whole 
work is about, you know? And so I, I, and <laughs> like you were saying, like I have a lot of thoughts and I, I do all kinds of different stuff. And so distilling it down to simplicity is, is where I aim to go. And it's hard for me sometimes. Cause I'm like, I, there's so much to know. And so, you know, it's like, I come up with an NFA money formula, you know, what's the three-step process and the statement of the process is very straightforward. The practice of the process is a lifelong practice. Yeah. So it's like, you know, that's, that, that was a long answer to your question, but that it's really about spiritual evolution. Hmm. It's, you know, it is fascinating. Isn't it? I mean, people want to talk about money. It's like, I always remember, you know, it's in like an NLP thing and comes from a number of places, but you know, you got to give people what they want, but actually you got to teach them what they need. You know, yes. it's the difference, right? You know, it's like, I need money. I need money. It's like, okay, maybe you do, maybe you don't. doesn't matter. That's the, that's the symptom. Let's go and talk yeah. about the cause here. You know, you're going to think it's going to be a bit weird and a bit left field, but you know, this, and there is so many people actually work at symptom level, which, which shocks me and surprises me. Right. You know, and it's like, it is a, it's a temporary motivation. It's a temporary inspiration, but it's not transformation. That's the way I would yeah. say it. Right? Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. I totally agree. It's always root cause. Like what's the root here? Yeah. You can't, you really can't change. You can't have lasting change. That's that changes you on a cellular level to where you're just, you think differently. That's, that's root change. You, that doesn't work with symptom fixes. Yeah. You might feel better for a little while with the symptom fix, but it's not going to be a deep level transformation like you're talking about. No, no, that's, I mean, I, a couple of years back I went, there was a Tony Robbins conference and uh, listen, I, I think it's brilliant to a lot of time for Tony Robbins and all the rest, you know, it's very inspirational, but you don't put it into practice. You don't do this. And it's just that, you know, in three months yeah. time, you go and how's the conference? Like what conference? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it's yes. like, it's, it's there. And, uh, but it's the same with anything, right. Coaching anything. It's like, if you're not, you know, you as the person, if you're not fucking around, as you say, you're, you're actually pulling out the daggers or you're pulling out the stops and saying, listen, we got to talk about the stuff you don't want to talk about or whatever. That's, that's game yeah. changer, right? That's, that's the difference. I totally. Yeah. yeah. I, I love that. I love everything you just said. It, yes, I totally agree. I think the reason most people don't get that lasting change, like after, let's say going to a Tony's Tony Robbins event, it's because it, you know, you can get elevated and excited, like the jumping around and all the stuff that you do at the bang. If like that, that might change you momentarily, but like real transformation is way deeper work. Yeah. You know, it was one reason I, you know, Demartini is one of my favorite mentors for that reason. Like you go to his events, you, you're a different person when you leave and you'll never go back, <laughs> you know, like it's lasting change because it's at a very, but it's hard. It's way harder work. Like it's way more in labor intensive yeah. and effort intensive. And you've got to be willing to like blow yourself open and, and look within like that's scary stuff for people. Yeah. Yeah, it's. I mean, his level of perception is is another level. I mean, I had him on the show, and yeah, it's kind of going. You know, it's like it's like how how do I how do I just try and sort of hold this eel? You know, this this sort of <laughs> shark covered in baby oil. It's like I, I'm just you're just here. I'm just I'll just give you a microphone, and that's it. You know, and you just, yeah, oh, phenomenal, yeah. phenomenal person. You know, and it's uh, yeah, I I think it's absolutely fascinating that that level of understanding but yeah, it's yeah too. 
yeah it's it's uh it's, it's there so i mean for you then for you know really when you're coaching i mean it, for you is it, is it taking people through those that street three-step process if you like i mean what's what's your what's your zone of genius when when you're dealing with people yeah yeah definitely and, and it's taken time to figure out that three-step process you know i would do the same things with different people and and a lot of it was very individualized and you know in order to scale and impact more people i was like okay how do i make this easier and more simplified. And, and the truth is it's not easy. And I think that's why, and not, not easy in the way of like, you know, when I say work less, make more, have fun, that's easier, like make your life easier from a mindset perspective, but like to get to that mindset shift is hard for people. And so, you know, that's where I go. I want everyone to have access to the possibility of that. And I, and what I've found and what I do now is it's like, you know, attracting people through an easy three-step process. And some people are going to go surface level, you know, they're going to buy my, my money story course for 97 bucks and they'll never do anything else. They might not even finish it. I don't know. That's up to them. Some people are going to be like, Oh my God, I've never heard this stuff before. And it's so useful. And they'll reach out and then they'll be in my upper level stuff. You know, it's like, some people just aren't going to have, they're, they're not going to make the choice yet mm. to, to go deeper. And so, you know, to me, it's always about levels of depth. And I do, you know, like a, abide by the law of attraction and I teach it and I know it and I experience it. And I go, you know, people are at different levels at different times. And, and I always think that they're going to be attracted to me if they're ready, you know, like, cause you're not going to find me uh, if you're not, somewhere in your being open to pretty radical change. Like I don't attract you. I've had people ask before, like, what do you do with the people who like aren't or victim minded? I'm like, I don't, I don't attract those people anymore. Not that the people I work with don't have limited thinking and things like that, but they're, Mm -hmm. they're ready to change. They're not, they're not fighting that part anymore. You know, they're like now, at least instead of blaming the whole world for their reality, they're like, I'm ready. And I'm not sure what to do but they're not at that place of like everyone else is to blame. Give me a magic pill. I was going to say, who is your niche then? Who can you help the most or who do you resonate with the most then? Or does that maybe change? I don't know. It does change some, but but it, I would say it's people who are ready and willing okay. and open, you know, they're like, I'm, I'm, I'm ready for deep change. And, mm. and, Oh, wow. I came across you. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, of course you did. Mm. It's, it's your time. And some people, it, I think, you know, they'll lean in and little, and then they get scared and some people go all the way and they change their lives in such big ways that they're mind blown because they don't even know that they were there. Uh, I think change is so cool because often you find someone to teach you and you didn't even know what it was you were looking for. Exactly. You just mm-hmm. knew you were ready for something. And then you attracted a certain teacher into your life. And then it does so many different things than you thought it would. Yeah. You know, and, and what I think that I give people is, is, is loving themselves more like the confidence that gives them the tools to, to figure it out because they now have the, the paradigm shift of understanding I'm the creator of my reality. I've got to work on myself. I've got to learn to know myself. You know, I think of confidence as knowing, loving, and trusting yourself. So the, the journey just alone of knowing yourself, yeah. most people would say, Oh, I know myself, but they don't. They think they do, but mm. they don't. Do you like yourself? Do you love yourself? Sometimes. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It's, I, this was a huge weekend topic for me of like, oh my God, I thought I loved myself. But then there's, I bump up against things sometimes. I'm like, 
oh, wow, there's, there's like so much more growth here. So, so, I mean, I love myself the most I've ever loved myself now. And I'm sure there's layers that I haven't, I don't see yet. You know, like this is the thing that's so amazing about unconscious work is that you dive into it and you're not sure what is going to come. So, I mean, in my history of my life, I've gone through periods of hating myself. I've gone through periods of so much self-shame and judgment and beating myself up and, and not liking who I was and, and it changes over time. So, so I can, the, the best answer is I love myself as much as I've ever known how to love myself now. And I'm certain it will keep evolving. <laughs> That's yeah. It is fascinating how, as you said, as you do evolve or you do change, is there a specific question or is there something that you would ask yourself to be able to spot the difference say between the ego and who you truly are? Cause Otherwise it sort of falls in and the ego just picks it all up. Right. And says, yeah, yeah, you love yourself and that's fine. You know, or how, how do you just challenge that or vet it and say, yeah, there's a big molehill there when it's not talking about. <laughs> Man, it's a great question. I don't know that there's a simple question. The way you will know that you're in alignment is how you feel. Yep. Your feelings will always be the answer for you. Like, do you feel balanced? Do you feel present? Do you feel in a state of joy and gratitude? Do you feel relaxed? Do you feel love? Do you feel a sense of like, like sitting and, and, and the, here's where this gets challenging. Most people don't sit in the present moment. They're either in past regret or future fear. They're not in the present moment. And, and that's something that I think is a, is a lifelong practice for everybody. Yeah, that's. I'm kind of running a theory at the moment and I'd be curious to know your sort of feedback on it. And it's simply that the, you know, knowing is the voice of the ego. Thinking is the voice of the conscious mind. Mm -hmm. Feeling is the voice of the subconscious mind and sensing is the voice of the soul. Um, I'm just curious because you talked about, you know, always going back to how you feel that automatically bypasses the ego. How does that yeah. sit with you out of interest? Yeah. Fascinating. I love it. I want you to, I want to write that down and, and mull over it because I, 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 to me, that is a really powerful question and reflection mm-hmm. and important to understand because if you want to know how, if you want to know your truth, like really know your truth, that question you're asking is incredibly important to be able to identify, you know, like, is this my ego or is this my soul? Is this, is this real? Or am I making a story up? You know, like those are important things. And so, you know, you said, you said, uh, feeling is subconscious and, and that's why the feeling piece is such a good indicator Mm. because it's the things unseen. The Mm. feeling is the thing seen for all the things unseen inside of you. And so the, the feeling piece is such an easy go-to indicator of like, am I aligned or not? You know, is my ego agreeing with my subconscious? You know, you'll know by how you feel. Yeah. It's huge. How's your ego out of interest? Who is my ego? No. How is your ego? How's how is my ego? <laughs> Man. My ego is in breakdown constantly <laughs> because I, I, I think, you know, depending on how you define ego. I mean, so you said ego, I want to know your definition of ego because I really want to like, I think this is a very powerful conversation. Okay. So you said ego is ego. Tell me again. Uh, so I, I believe that ego is basically the voice of the knowing mind because okay. the point being that knowing when someone's knowing they're, they're not open, 
there. Yeah. It's it's pre presupposed. It's all done yeah. and dusted. Like I know, I know this, the I know answer. That. Yeah. You know, yeah. not not as in the higher knowing as in the lower knowing. Um, you know, then the 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 um thinking <laughs> being then the voice of the conscious, because again, if you think it, it's like, okay, so you've already concluded or you've already come to planned it. Right. So, yeah. And I think just the ego for me, I suppose it's only over the last 18 months, I've realized the power of the ego, you know, and I used to think it's like, so in a, in a, in in an imaginary court, like the ego would be, you know, which characters would it play? And what I came to the conclusion is the ego is the whole fucking lot, excuse my language, but it's like, you know, it is the judge, jury, the executioner, the the guy, the courtroom, everything. And your soul is just the space in which the court sits. Yeah. It's just the canvas. Yeah. It's just the everything else. The ego is playing this whole wonderful episode of whatever, you know, it's like friends slash whatever slash whatever, <laughs> right? You know, it's made up yeah. this whole series of stuff. We're like, really? That's probably the closest. I mean, I, I call my ego my chimp, you know, after the, obviously Steve Peters is the, the chimp paradox, you know, and that's, I, I see it very usefully as that. I just, I dress it up. I, you know, I do crazy things with my chimp, you know, and we're, we're kind of friends and we get on, we're okay, we're good, you know? So um, I don't know if that answers your question, but that's my version of the ego. It's, it's bigger than we actually imagine. Yeah. 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 So, so my answer is the same. It's like I, my ego is constantly in breakdown in, in the way that I, I choose to evolve where I go like question what I know. I mean, I've, I've moments from like, do I know anything? Am I full of shit? I like, I think I do, but then like, maybe I don't because as I evolve and I change and I grow, I'm like, Oh, what I thought last week is, Oh, that was wrong. <laughs> and not wrong in a morally bad way, but in a way of like, Oh, I have greater understanding now, hmm. you know? And so ego. Yeah. To me, the, the, it's not the quest to tame your ego because it's a useful tool. Mm. It's the quest to sit in all versions of yourself. Like, like alignment would be like soul feeling, you know, soul subconscious ego alignment where it's like, okay, use the tool, the ego as a tool of transformation, because it, you know, like instead of fighting it, and battling against it, like how can you sit in it and hear it and see it almost as an outsider and integrate with it, you know, and go like, huh, okay, awesome, thank you, because <laughs> we're not given anything that isn't supposed to be there, you know. So our, our fight against thing is what causes so much struggling and and grief and chaos and frustration because we're constantly battling against things in ourselves and wishing it didn't exist, and the battle creates more of it. So how much can you sit and surrender and just be? Have you ever met someone with money troubles that was just being? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, 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 I, it's challenging. The thing is, they won't get out of the money troubles until they sit and just be with the money troubles. Yeah. Okay. So in order to transform, <laughs> you've, you've got to sit in the yeah. money troubles and, 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 ex, and accept mm. They're like, oh, here's how I am. Because it's not the, the money isn't the solution. You're the solution. So people think I have money troubles. I've got to get more money. And then I want to money troubles. But the reason they have the money troubles is because they're the trouble. Mm -hmm. So once you, that, that's the thing. It's the paradox most people don't see that they go like, 
you know, I have money troubles. I got to get out of this. And all they're focused on is the lack of money instead of focusing on like, I've got to change me from within and then the money will come. Huge, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. I mean, I think it's been one of my greatest lessons in my life is always thinking there was an outside fix, but it was like, Oh, it's me. <laughs> I, I'm the solution. I've got to change myself. When did that flip come for you? You know, cause you talked about going from food stamps to six figures, but I mean, there does come to a point when actually, as you say, it's exhausting pushing, you know, it's like, I need more because I'm not going back there. I need more because of this. Right. But you eventually go, Oh God, it's so tiring having to pull around, you know, push around all these things. Right. You got to get to a point of going, I need more money because I can, I can be of more service. I can give more love. I can create more. I can do more. I can be more. Right. Yeah. Was there a point? Have you got to that point when you, 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 it's like just money just is and, and the rest is just being of service. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's changed me a lot that what you're talking about, like, I don't really set goals anymore, hmm. which people, you know, as a business coach, consultant type person, they're like, what? I'm like, no, okay, here, let's set manifestation based goals, which are actually vision based inspiration. <laughs> and let's say it's a way for you to focus your attention on, on what you are desiring to create without that piece of when I get to here, I'll feel happy. And if I don't get to there at the timeline that I think I'm going to beat myself up, that's the problem with goals is most people set them and it ends up being a tool of torment and something that then they see lack because they're not getting there as fast as they want or as big as they want. And so again, it's, it's not being present. So goals, goals can be a, I think usually goals are a fear-based form of motivation for people. And so can you be, I mean, to me, like someone who's an incredible manifester is going to be someone who can, who doesn't even try to manifest anything, (laughs) which is sounds very counterintuitive, but it's like, they, they just go, Oh, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be right now. Everything's perfectly aligned and everything that needs to come my way will come my way. And that's not easy to do for me and most people, you know, it's like, that's been a huge quest for me is just to go. And I'm aiming like the word quest there. It's been a revelation for me to go, Oh, I don't, I don't need anything. Like ultimately I don't need anything. Like I have desires, but uh, Neville Goddard says the end of longing is being. Mm. And I'm like, oh, I like that, <laughs> you know? And then what would happen if you just be, I think people have a fear, like I'll just sit there and do nothing. And maybe you would, or maybe you would do something that inspires you and feels amazing. And you, you're a contribution to humanity, but there's no outer quest of like, it has to be this way and it's going to fulfill this. And it's going to, you know, that's you controlling, contriving, and not being willing to let go and just be present with what is. Yeah. So true. It's, uh, I, I literally, it was only a week or so I got this sort of, this image in my head. It's, it's like you see on those films, you know, of walkers climbing along this mountain ridge and you, you know, you step to the left and it's, you know, certain deaths down this, you know, whatever, but that's the past. And then you, you look to the other side and there's this oncoming winds and snows and all the <laughs> other things in the future. Right. And you, you know, you talked about earlier, it's like, you know, the, the past is generally full of regret and shame and all the, all the sort of the really negative things. And then the, the, the future is about anxiety. And again, we're back to fear. And it's like, yeah. but yet if you're just on that ridge, you are neither in the present or the, you know, the past, you just are, you know, and 
we can be what we be, right? You know, it's just we're yeah. going a whole different direction to these two other energy fields that are having their whole other <laughs> thing going on, if you like, right? Yeah, I love that visualization. That's great. Yeah, absolutely. It's um no, and it's it's uh, it is true. Someone said I me mean, not so long ago there. That's like, you know, there's so many people do live their past in the future. Mm-hmm. You know, which takes a bit of a you kind of <laughs> you kick your head forward and you're like okay yeah I, I got it now right because what they've done before they'll do again etc cetera, etc cetera. it's like well how can you live your future now and mm-hmm. um, yeah i don't know is that something you can do do you think is that possible yeah well it's there's oh it's such it makes me think of many things i'm uh have you ever read a happy pocket full of money no, I don't think so. Okay. Great book. I'm reading it right. I listen to an audible I'm reading and I'm like doing week, you know, videos about it. Cause I'm just like, ah, oh, there's so much depth in here. And it's all the things I think about and teach about and, and the way that it's discussed in that book is like, it is exactly what you're talking about. You know, we're, we make up what time is like time is a socially constructed idea. Mm. And so, you know, like the, the conversation in, in quantum physics is that all timelines exist at the same time. So you are both your future and your past and your present all at the same time. But we, you know, we see time in a certain dimension. And when you transcend that, then you are, you can live simultaneously future and present. And, and so it's, it's, yeah, it's fascinating to think about. And I go, huh, hi, you know, right now, you and I are planting a seed for the future of what's going to happen because of this conversation. You know, so it's like people don't know that when they get an outcome, that seed was planted a while ago. You know, so that'd be like your past is what you were saying first is like your past is creating your future. You recreate the future through the past. Mm-hmm. So if you want to change it, you've got to change what's in the present and start planting different seeds for the future. And then so, you know, the future, the, it's, I don't, I, I, I think that, I, yeah. I don't have an answer for you. <laughs> I have a lot of explorations in my mind about that, you know, going like, you know, what is time? And am I in the present? Am I, in, I, I think I don't live in the past in the same way as I used to. Um, and I wonder if, I think that's partly why meditation is so powerful. Mm. It causes you to be in different times it, because you're present, but there's this expansive consciousness simultaneously and you're tapping into collective consciousness, which lives through all time. Cause okay. collective consciousness yeah. can't ever, it's always there. Mm-hmm. So your past, present, future in when you tap into collective consciousness. So meditation would be one way you could do that. So if your past and present is also happening now, it's all happening. It's all happening, right? Is yeah. there multiple versions of a great, the greatest version of you in play also? Yes. Some theorists think so. Hmm. What do you think? I don't know. I, 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 I can't say it's not true. I don't know. I, I also ha- don't have a way to prove it. Hmm. And I also think sometimes our brains can't comprehend that that yet you know i think it's the exploration of our time like what is consciousness what is energy what is time how do we but and then sometimes i think the the quest is interesting right because it's always to be the master of something 
like it could be for curiosity, but it's also like, you know, let's master this. Yeah. Yeah. Which is well, very ego driven. Welcome ego. Yeah. It's like, yeah. It's good, good to see you, you know? Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. It is fascinating. I, I, I was listening recently to um, A New Earth and, and Eckhart Tolle's um, uh, conversation he had with Oprah. You know, uh-huh. they, they did a sort of a chapter by chapter breakdown or sort of interview per chapter, which was, I thought was brilliant, brilliant way of doing the book. But, and they talked, for some reason, they were talking about future and, and after death, what would it be? And his only answer was, it would be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> you're like, it's so true. It's like, is yeah. there more after this life? It's like, I don't know, it'd be nice. Yeah. You know, and you're like, well, fair enough. That's that's a very honest answer, right? You know, we sort of, yeah, we don't know. And so far, well, we don't think anyone's come back or maybe they have or whatever. Um, but yeah, just why not? You know? Yeah. 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 We don't know. It's it's so true. It wouldn't it be nice and we don't know. Yeah. What are you capable of? Do you know? Ah, Limitless capability. You know, I think, I think people, I think I am capable of whatever I decide I want to take on and, and whatever I'm, you know, this is interesting in manifestation because it's like, you know, you're the creative reality. You can create anything. Well, can I all of a sudden be like, Oh, I want to be six foot two and be six foot two. I could wear high heels, <laughs> you know, like, so there's certain things that you go like, okay, physical form, you know, you, you can, I, thoughts become things, you know, so there's certain things that you can create. And so I think you're, you're, I'm capable of whatever I decide I'm capable of, you know, it might come in a different form than you think, but it's, it's, it's up to you to decide what you want to experience. It is back to that thing, isn't it, really, where you sort of ask, believe, do, receive, right? So you can ask the question, but if you don't believe it, you know, what am I capable of? Everything, anything. What do you believe? Mm, Okay, welcome limiting beliefs. Welcome all this, right? That's like, well, if it's not going to get through the the belief uh, checkpoint, then yeah, there's no point in talking about it, right? Yeah. Well, I I think the question on top of that then is what do you desire to create? Yeah. You know, what are you capable of? What do you desire to create? True. Yeah. It's, it's probably, it is. Because what what you desire, because I'm always intrigued by a lot of people and you say, what is, you know, what's one or two words that actually mean fire in the valley for you. And they just say, I mean, 80% of the answers roughly would be passion. (laughs) <laughs> you know, so you almost go, is it desire or passion? You know, what do you desire to create and what are you passionate enough to create? You know, and it's, yeah, it's, it's probably something yeah. there. It's quite well, this is funny. If you look at the root of words, passion means to suffer. So I don't ever use the word passion, I use the word inspiration because inspiration is a soul word that is coming. It's really fire. Like it's your, it's your inspired path. It's your, it's a, a soul, a spiritual word. Whereas passion and this is of course i think it doesn't necessarily matter what the root of the word is because it's how you define it you know what you believe about passion is going to matter but then i do think words are really important as well so then you go like people always say follow my passion follow my passion follow my passion i'm always like i don't i don't ever use that word follow your inspiration because it's like follow your suffering (laughs) 
It means to suffer, you know, follow my suffering, follow my suffering. I don't want to reinforce that in my mind. <laughs> I never didn't know that. So there you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Learn something new. What's, what's a great word for you? I mean, because I must say, I, I am fascinated. Words are perfectly imperfect, but, uh, you know, some of them are, are great. I think flow is a beautiful word. I love when yeah. people talk about that. But I mean, what, what sort of words really stand out for you? Uh, alignment, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my, my three words when I started my business, and these were ones that I stayed up all night for weeks. Like I would have like a night of no sleep and then a night because the next night of sleep and I, cause I was coming up with like, what are my three words? I don't remember. I think I learned it from Brendan Burchard. I went to like this and my gift to myself when I graduated was a marketing event. I was like, I got to learn how to build a business. Like what is this marketing thing all about? And so I went to a Burchard event and he was talked about three words and kind of having that be your aligning force. Cause his are, I think his are live, love, matter, live, love, matter. And I was like very inspired by his story. And so I thought, okay. And so um, mine are inspire, transform, empower. And so those words are very meaningful to me. You know, I go like, you've got to get inspired to know that you're the creative reality and you've got to get inspired to take action, which causes you to transform, which empowers you to be, do and have whatever you want. And so those words to me are very powerful and poise. I love the word poise, a balanced state of equilibrium, which is alignment. You know, when you're in a balanced state of equilibrium, you're aligned. So you're poised. Is alignment and being in the now, they're one and the same? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Alignment is with flow state, you know, you're in flow because you're aligned because you're in the moment and you're, you're not worried about the future. You're not regretting the past, you're present in the present moment is where you have your greatest source of power because you're, you're presently engaged with gratitude, inspiration, uh, connected to the people around you, which means you're not having this beat up voice of like, I should be doing this and I have to do that. And, you know, all the things that take you out of the present moment are what lead to misalignment. Yeah. It's your superpower then. Mm. I mean, on, on an ego sense, I would say inspiring people. It's like the easy go-to answer, like, Oh, teaching and inspiring people, you know, my, in the more spiritual sense, I would say my curiosity that is seeking understanding of conscious evolution like the that curiosity piece like i'm curious about the human puzzle and and for the reason of conscious evolution consciousness evolution like you know what is it that connects you really with source and and that you know what is that what is source you know what is why like those moments of, I mean, I don't know if you've ever experienced this. I would imagine that you have, it's like pure presence where you just cry tears of gratitude. Like that yeah. to me is like heaven on earth and, and is heaven, you know, like whatever that means to people, you know, to me, it means like that where you're just like, Oh, I am a being of light and I feel connected to the light. And it makes my eyes filter, fill, fill up with tears of gratitude for just being alive and, and understand not even being alive. Cause like, what does that mean exactly? You know, <laughs> do you ever, do you ever get lost in that? It's like, you know, almost the questions all just merge into each other <laughs> to the point that you just, it just goes quiet. It's like, yeah. Okay. Just, yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. 
Yeah. And, and that, that's the thing, like even that let go, let go of the questions, just like w- when I can tap into like, just, and it's for me, it's almost always in meditation. It's like, ah, oh, just being and, and it, 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 it leads me to tears every time. And then I, when I get to have that with another human, it's like, oh, that's the good stuff. Hmm. Yeah. No, some people might get it or might not. It, is the questions that come into your mind, you sort of think, oh, I wonder what that is. Is that the same as the voice in your head? Are they one and the same? Well, I, I would, I, it's, it's a powerful question. I think that your, your conscious thinking mm-hmm. is different from unconscious downloads. So you could have a question arise from your unconscious or from the collective ether, or you could consciously think a thought or think a question. So I don't think they're the same. Yeah. They, they could be connected, but they also could not be. Yeah. I sort of I'd resonate that they wouldn't be, cause it's like, you could be sitting, sitting there or something and then suddenly a question comes out a different question. Right. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. hence why a lot of people have great sort of, uh, great thoughts or, or great sort of ideas when in the shower or they're out for a walk or whatever. Right. You know, you're focusing on walking and taking the dog and whatever, and then bush something comes yeah. into their, comes into their mind. Right. Yeah. I, I like to think of that as collective consciousness, you know, and it's another reason I think meditation is so powerful is because you, it, when you are able to get into that state of just emptiness or presence, things come in that you might, you're not open to when you're boggled down or chaotically busy with past and future, you know? So it's like, like I often will meditate and get answers. I'm like, Oh, and then just inspired path go, (laughs) you know, like, like I'll just be meditating. It's like, Oh, do this next. Like, okay, cool. Thanks for the download. (laughs) It's great. It's a great way to be right. You know, cause, and that's the difference for me when, when people talk about the, the switch from, you know, the push, 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 you know, right? I need to have a list of 400 things. I need to do this, need to do this, need to do this, need to do this. It's like, well, you don't need to do anything else because what if you actually got sort of from somewhere a nudge that says, just do that. That's all you need to do. Yeah. Do that. Yeah. And yeah. it change, changes I, everything, right? Oh my God. It's incredible. Actually, like you had left one of my big things lately is taking off everything I possibly can from my calendar, like refining. And, and because of that, like I need, if I want, if I say, if it's true for me, that I say, I, I, I am the universe, bring me the answers and show me the way and have it be fun and easy and flowing. I, the only possibility for that to happen is if there's openness in the space for it. So I've got to create space for that by not having a full plate. If I have a full plate, there's no space for that. Have you ever meditated with your future self? Yes. Yes. I do an inner mentor meditation with my people all the time. They love it. It's it's, it brings up a lot. That's game changing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's it's something, as you can probably tell, it's sort of been fairly fresh for me recently. And, and you know, because when we talk about that, you know, living your living your your future in the now, and it's like, it's, it's, a, it's a great way of getting the ego on side because the ego knows what's going to happen. It's kind of going, yeah, yeah, that's done. Because it's from our future, we know that that's the case. And then the ego says, yeah. okay, that's cool. 
what are we doing? <laughs> you know, it's like, as you say, start to actually use your powers or use your, use your own, uh, own things that's going on in your life. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I have a, um, for this reason, cause I walk people through it and they'll have like, generally, especially when it's their first time doing it, they'll o- almost always cry. You know, like there's this emotive connection with yourself and you're like, whoa, I didn't know I could tap into my future self. And, and then, and what is that? I don't know. To me, it's like, it's, it's, you know, exactly like you're talking about, like we live in multiple timelines and then also it's just your, your, it's, it's really you connecting with the core of yourself and it makes people cry. You know, it's like, it's powerful to know yourself, you know, again, going back to the simplest things, like the, the, the journey is to know yourself. Yeah. And so that in my mind, when I, when those meditations occur, it's like, yeah, it's guidance. It's connecting with yourself. It's clarifying. It's all the things that make you feel more love for yourself. Did everything you've been through, did that all have to happen for you to be here? Do you think? Absolutely. Yeah. Hard lessons, yeah. right? But oh, yeah, <laughs> many of them. <laughs> but that yeah. makes up the cake of you yeah. today and who you are yeah. and the reasons why, right? Oh, totally. Oh, it's why I, you know I've had a lot of hard things in my life, and I, I wouldn't take one single thing back. I, I get no way. And and you can only say that and feel that and have that be true for you when you are at peace with all the things that have happened to you. And, and you see that the universe never makes a mistake. It's mm. all for your benefit, you know? And that's, that's powerful because people have hard things happen. And, but the thing is, they think someone else created that versus, Oh, I created this for my soul's evolution. It's a very huge paradigm shift in your thinking. And once you really tap into that, you, you never doubt what happens. You just go like, oh, like I, sometimes I'll have things happen that will surprise me. And I'll be like, huh, didn't see that coming. And wow, what am I going to learn here? <laughs> like, huh, I, I guess I'm still working on this part of me because didn't think that was going to come again. You know, I mean, that, that, that is a, it's a real sort of eye-opening moment for a lot of people, isn't it? The, the fact that everything they is going on in their life, they've chosen, even the bad. Yes. Stuff. Yes. Someone go, well, sorry, why, why would I choose the bad stuff? That doesn't make any sense. You know, that yeah. this happened and he did this and she did that and blah, blah, blah. You're like, yeah, yeah, you chose it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's a big shift. Big, big shift. Yeah. Oh, man. Such a big shift. I, I, you know, for me, the evolution of going from fundamentalist Christianity, you know, and then just all the different ologies I've learned in my life course, you know, then, and coming to that place of like, Oh, it's not like about the out, you know, I'm not beholden to an outside source that's making me whole. You're just, you're whole as you are. And all of it's exists at once. And there's no demonization of good and evil. Like, you know, those terms are so moralistically socially constructed. Like it's all, it's all one and it's all part of universal consciousness and evolution. I believe. Hmm. That's 
what it's all about. Yeah. Where where do you go to get inspired? I mean, is that a meditation thing or is it? Yeah. I, I, because I love learning, it's pretty easy for me to get inspired. Like, you know, listening to podcasts, watching YouTube videos, reading books, going to workshops, talk, having conversations like this, you know, like this will fire me up all day. It's like, Oh, do you see conversations about spiritual evolution? Like <laughs> what's more fun than that? <laughs> so yeah, it's inspiration is for me is one of those. It, it's rare for me to feel disinspired. And if I do, I go to my things to shift my energy that I know. So, you know, meditation and listening to podcasts and reading books, and I'll, I'll have a pretty quick energy shift. Hmm. What, I mean, what are the, is there anything that winds you up or anything that are sort of non-negotiables in or around you? Non-negotiables. <laughs> um, Anything that feels misaligned at the time is a non-negotiable for me. <laughs> and sometimes it takes time to figure that out, is, out what that is. So I'm, I'm a person who likes to be open to possibilities and then go. And, and so, and then I'll lean into something and then go, Oh, it's a no for me. I thought maybe it would be okay. And now it's not because I'm good. It's, it, you know, so it, it, yeah, I, I think that it's exploration and discovery of yourself. So then, you know, sometimes you got to try things out to know what your boundaries are and mm. to know what's a, a non-negotiable for you. Is, it just uh, happens way more rapidly mm. for me now. So I used to tolerate stuff for 20 years that I won't tolerate now for like one day, <laughs> you know, and it's, and it's because I've become more defined in myself, you know, like can I used you to give an example for people. So just to, to, to sort of, Oh yeah. For that. me, it was usually re treatment in relationships. Okay. It was like the way that I was interacting with the people in my relationships. I would tolerate a lot, lot, lot for a long time. And now it's like, I get very quick answers of like, is this aligned for me or is it not? Yes. No, no, no. <laughs> and I, and now I can say that. And whereas before it was like, I'd beat myself up and I'd question my intuition and I'd feel scared. And then I would, I would talk myself into justifying why it's okay to be treated like that. And now I'm like, Nope, not going to work for me. <laughs> so before, I mean, this is super interesting. So before it would have turned up as, uh, I'm assuming a form of people pleasing self doubt. Yes. Yes. Um, you know, sort of criticizing yourself, you know, doing whatever is necessary for other people, et cetera. Right. So this sort of before. Yeah. Behavior, you know, totally. You, yeah. You Big time. Yeah. Whereas now my, it's like. Absolutely. Different. Yeah. My journey, uh, one of the big things on my journey, that was the very first, I say the first book I read that really just changed my life that I'm like, Oh, that book is worth a million dollars was a codependency book. I was like, Oh, that's where, that's what's going on. Like, it was like, it felt like that woman had written the book at me. Like, you know, it was amazing. And so, and it was interesting because, you know, in relationship world, we talk about mm. it as codependency in other areas, like the entrepreneurship, we talk about it as imposter syndrome, yeah. you know, it's the same things. It's you doubting yourself and you pleasing other people and you wanting to prove yourself and you wanting to be liked and all those things. And we're back again to the void being your value, right? You know, so it's yep. like, I didn't have it. So I want to please somebody else. And if I please them, then they'll sort of share their energy and, and give it back to me. And on we yeah. go forth. It's like, right. And then somehow I feel valuable because I'm seeing myself through the eyes of others, not mm. through the eyes of love. 
until they break it and they don't appreciate you for what you do yeah. and you lose your shit. Totally. And then you learn about yourself, hmm. you know, and then, and then you get to make more consciously informed decisions. If you're willing to look at the learning lessons, if all you do is blame other people, you lose all your power to change because you're putting it all on them. And what will happen is you'll just keep recreating the same situation over and over again. And maybe you'll wake up to it and go, Oh, I'm the common denominator. Or maybe you'll just keep recreating it over and over again. And that's up to you. I was going to say that with money. I mean, does that happen whereby, you know, people unleash a block and they sort of enough to either get over a paradigm or start to move forward or do whatever they need to do. And, and then they generate a level of success don't identify or don't recognize success. And then said, screw this. And then sabotage it and shut the business down or do something else or take on 50 other things. And funnily enough, then their one steady, wonderful new growth of income stream gets stamped on. Right. Does that happen? Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. People think, you know, Oh, when I overcome this money block, does it go away? It only goes away in that scenario to the best of, to, to the highest capability of you being conscious about what's going on. You know, so I could say you could, you could get rid of the root of a certain block and it'll go away in that scenario. And then it could come back in another place in, in a different version, you know, like because of the context being different. So it, most people don't even get rid of the initial, you know, so, so I, you know, I have like three main money blocks that I've seen over and over and over again for entrepreneurs or just for people in general. And, and so they're like, oh, they work through it. They have huge explosion. And if they have someone helping them and, and they continue doing this work, the next time it comes up, they'll recognize it really quickly. And so they can prevent the sabotage because they start to feel off and misaligned and go like something's not right. And so then they do their inner work and then they can not sabotage and just keep exponentially expanding. What most people do is they don't even see it or know it. And they do like a temporary bandaid fix, you know, so dealing with the symptom and then yes, they, they can move forward, have some success. And then something happens to self-sabotage back to, you know, a money set point that is comfortable for them and they're unconscious. Hmm. Uh, yeah. God, it's so fascinating, isn't it? Oh yeah. Yes. <laughs> You were saying there about, you know, some people will never see it or some people will never, um, you know, sort of experience that. I mean, how common or uncommon do you think it actually is? I mean, if you were to throw a very unstatistical statistic at it or something, I mean, you know, how many do get to experience it and don't in, in life? Sadly? Well, is it sad? I don't like to use those types of moralistic judgments. Hmm. What are the words I would consciously use? Stat wise, and then we'll talk about what that means. I think it's less than 5%, 2% maybe. You know, I don't think very many people either have, they, you know, the hard part is that when you're resonating at a really low frequency, you don't attract things that would lift you up because you're stuck in that until you start to shift and change and have something that makes you want to move up the frequency scale, you know, and then you start to attract different things to get from the place of fear and guilt and move up to some version of it more empowered. Even anger is more empowered than gear and guilt and fear, you know? So it's like to, to start to move up of that scale of consciousness takes something to have you cause to, to change inwardly. And so for some people that might be a life event, 
that might be a death or a divorce or an affair. You know, for me, it was a fair, um, it could be sickness, you know? And, and so as you move through the scale of consciousness, you'll have way less of that stuff happen because you're not resonating at that lower frequency, but to jump from like fear and guilt all the way up to like gratitude and, and inspiration is no joke. Like it takes some serious changes. And a lot of people either don't know the path they, or they're, you know, they might be surrounded with a whole group. It could be a whole culture of people they're surrounded with that are resonating in that way. And they don't see an answer, you know? And so that's how, that, that can keep people really stuck. And so I think you've got to have the inner desire. And once you have that, you're unstoppable, you know? So when you went and asked me like, you know, what are you capable of? Anyone's capable of anything. Like I, I believe, truly believe that. I don't think it's very common for people to be that dedicated. They, they wish there was a magic, easy pill to swallow that they could just fix it all. And, and that doesn't exist. Hmm. So I don't think most people get there. And, and when I say get there, it's not like, I don't think there's an ultimate there. Like, oh, you master yourself and you're enlightened. You know, I, I don't believe that. I think, I just don't think most people get to the place of even feeling pretty darn good every day, you know, because it's a quest that most people aren't willing to take on the challenge of it. They want the easier, they want the easier way out. <laughs> it's that challenge, isn't it? Or it's that expedition that is also called life, if you like. But, you know, people sort of see life as a slightly different, the slightly different agenda too, right? Yeah. 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 And, and it goes back to what we were talking about, the pleasure pain principle. Most yeah. people want pleasure more than they are willing to go through the pain of getting to the actual ultimate pleasure, which is fulfillment of, of your beingness in the now, you know, it's like, Oh, well, you got to go through some pain for a while to get to the ultimate pleasure. But most people don't want to go through that painful part. It's painful to look at yourself like, man, and it's, it's, it's filled with sadness and like, fear and, and uncertainty and like all the things that freak us out, you know, it's like, I don't, I, one of my biggest issues used to be that I couldn't sit in pain. Like I could not sit in my feelings. Like I just would avoid at all costs, you know, through social events or even relationships for me was like an, a, an avoidance strategy drinking or, you know, whatever it was, it's like, I don't want to feel that pain. I don't want to sit in this. And I didn't know it at the time. I just, I just, you know, I couldn't be alone and I couldn't sit with myself. And until I was able to do that, life was hard, <laughs> you know, like it, 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 it was fun sometimes, but it was like band-aid fun. You know, mm -hmm. I never felt like fulfilled at a core deep level. Now <laughs> I have, it's really fun. My husband and I have a journal where we write down just, it's a, it's, a, it's the coolest journal I've ever found. And we found it at a coffee shop randomly and it's a five-year journal, but it's like three space for three sentences for that day at the end. And so at the end of every day, we'll write down like the highlights of that day in a couple sentences. <laughs> and so one of my, the other day I was like, I like, I, I have days off pretty, I can't say every single day, but most days I'll have a moment of gratitude crying, you know, where I'm just like, God, my life is good. You know, and, and so I, you know, I made this statement of like, I love having a life where I, I cry tears of gratitude every day. Like that's freaking awesome. And I, I, I mean, three, four years ago, that is not where I was, you know, like I cried every day in terror and fear and survival threat. It's amazing. It is amazing how things change, right? Because I'm sure 
you look back at certain parts of your life, you know, but if you were to go sit in that position <laughs> and look forward, you wouldn't even see it. Right. You know, you just, totally. it's, like, it's too big of a leap. Yeah. But, yeah. and that's what I like people to know, like take it one step at a time. It, it is, you're not going to go from the bottom rung of a ladder to the top in one step, but you can get to the top one step at a time. And, and the cool thing about growth, when you really start to tap into this kind of work is that you, at first, it's like, it, it seems like so much because you're breaking through so many of your limiting beliefs at first, and then it gets easier and easier and easier. And it get, and then you have exponential growth. Yeah. You know, then it just like, it just expands and expands and expands. And now I feel like I have tools for when I do bump up against things because it, it's not realistic to think you're it's never going to bump up against things. I would never grow if I didn't bump up against things. I, it's, I appreciate bumping up against things. I just can transform out of it much more quickly than I used to, because now I have tools to face it, to sit in it, to feel it, to not avoid it, to play with it, to understand it, to not blame. And I just go like, Ah, okay, cool. Like the universe is bringing me another lesson. It's that thing, isn't it? Really, a sort of the old saying of, you know, it's happening for you, not to you. And it's, as you say, it's not yeah. sort of some conspiracy and somebody somewhere has sort of inflicted this upon me just to give me a bad day. It's like, okay, if you say so, or yeah. you say, <laughs> what's the reading here, right? What's the, what's the lesson? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that you just summed up the first place for everyone to start. Like this is a number one in my NFA formula, recognize you've got to recognize, are you blaming the world for your reality or are you taking responsibility for your reality? Hmm. Are you, are you trusting that the universe is showing you opportunities to grow or are you, are you, it's almost like pushing away a gift the universe is bringing you a gift to help you grow and expand out of the possibility of where you are now to expand. But if you're, it's almost like rejecting the gift and going like, you're bad. Don't give this to me. And then it doesn't come any, it doesn't come. The, the, the bigger gifts that could actually help you have the things you think you want. Don't, don't come. The opportunities don't come to you because you're close to them hmm. because you see it as bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's sort of being open. Yeah. How, how often do you think sort of the guidance is available to you? Is it only when you meditate or do you see, do you see signs and feel intuitive all the time or more often? What's what, what is it for you? For me, I think I, I like, it's, it's interesting to say, I think, cause what I, what I feel hmm. when I feel open to it, it's because I'm present. Okay. And it, so it could come in the version of a person. It could come in a book. It could come in a thought. It could come in meditation. It could come in a memory of my kids growing up or, you know, it could come in many different ways, but it's about, it, 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 you know, it's about presence it is the, the presence creates the openness. Yeah. What's what's on the list for Manda in the future? What, what do you want to create? What can we get out there for you? <laughs> so many things. Well, one of my my big inspired mission in my business is to impact a minimum of five million people. And so that, you know, that looks like getting interaction with people through what I put out in the world. So I have a YouTube channel and I had a podcast and, and it's on 
pause right now. I don't know if I'll re-explore, but I had a podcast that was in 55 countries. So it's still out there, you know, and listen to, um, I'm books and courses and I have masterminds. Like I have so many cool things that, that I keep evolving based on what my growth. And then also what I see, you know, learning about what it is I'm, I'm most powerful at in terms of helping people transform. So all money related. And when I say money related, like obviously all the things that we talked about today, it's that transformation. It's transformation of yourself into the most empowered version of yourself. You know how to be in this life. And so, you know, get inspired to do whatever it takes to transform into the most empowered version of yourself. So you can lead a fulfilled, kick-ass, rich, amazing life, you know, richness in the sense of like, not money. Yes, it will be money and just depth of experience because you're in a place of joy. So that's my quest. (laughs) So yeah, NFA money on YouTube. And then I have a money uh, quiz. that's really fun to take that takes people down a journey of of self-discovery around their money blocks and, um, write your rewrite your money story course. So, so I had, a have done that with all of my clients and I had people going like, I want to do that, but they weren't working with me one-on-one. So I created a really simple $97 course that anyone can take and helps them start for me. That was the entry point of really starting to shift my money because I, um, I actually went to a Martini event and made a whole bunch of friends there. And I was like, let's start a wealth building group. And, and this was when I was on food stamps. And so I had, I just, I was reading a lot of money books and I had this recommendation to write a money story. So I was like, hmm, let's write a money story. And so it was so transformational for all of us. And so I created a system around it and, and you know, just a, a method around doing mm-hmm. it. And it worked really well with my people. And it really is what led me to being NFA money because it was like, oh, money transformation is what people like. It's the, it's, it, it's the marketing to what people want so I can get to the what they need. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. I mean, but that's a win-win too, right? You know, because giving people what they, you know, what they want is, it's, that's there, but actually, you know, like all of us, it's quite often it's, it's, uh, you know, it's maybe not what you think or you see, but if you stay open, then you'll get what you really need in the end. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I always trust like for anyone who's watching this or listening to it, like if, if they're still here right now, they're like, Oh, they're, they're ready. For yeah. some changes, yeah, and you know my work will definitely help them to yeah this yeah to the whatever level they want to go. Here I am. <laughs> well, give people a shout out. Where can they where can they go to your website? Where can they see you, contact you, stalk you, hunt you down? Yes. So go, go to nfamoney.com. Definitely watch my YouTube channels. I release in 2022. I'm releasing three to five a week. I'll be starting a show, which I'd love to have you on, um, you know, all kinds of cool stuff that way. So definitely check out NFA money on YouTube. And then if they want to take the money blocks profile, uh, moneyblocksprofile.com. So that's the two minute quiz. And then rewrite your money story now.com is how they can access the online course. So rewrite your money story now. And that's, it's a three video course. They can do it on their own time. And depending on how in depth they go, that's how much they'll get out of it. And I share my money story, my original money story I wrote there so that they get an example of it and, and can, you know, see how it works to do that. Well, love it. Love it. Tell me what's a bit of a guilty pleasure for you. <laughs> well, I don't know. Guilt. I don't have guilt. Guilty you, pleasure. You can just keep the pleasure then. Get rid of the guilt. <laughs> it's funny. About about twenty percent of people go, I, "Yeah, guilt." No, no. Yeah. So, yeah. 
Take the guilty. I, Just what do you do for pleasure then? Probably, well, I'd say uh, probably a guilty pleasure. I, I'll, I'll play with you here. Would be like uh, IPA. Like I love breweries. So sometimes that's a guilty pleasure because I'm like, oh, you know, like my body doesn't always love it. And, you know, so that would be a guilty pleasure. I, I love beer. Um, I love traveling. So that's one big thing on my radar is a lot more travel and just, you know, freedom in my schedule to write books in 2022. I'm, I'm like, okay, how many books a year can I write? Like, I want to start writing books or I've, I've my whole life has changed so much from reading books. So I'm like, mm. hey, it's time to write some books. <laughs> and I have many mapped out that I've like, partially been working on. And, and so that that's going to be a big shift. Um, but yeah, travel with, and a set, you know, with my honey, like he works from home so he can travel as well. And so lots of travel family travels is amazing. Um, yeah, I love running in the mountains. Like I'm a trail runner. So that's really fun for me. And yeah, I honestly, it's like simplicity. I, it, 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 <laughs> I was telling my friend, I was on a trail run the other day with, with one of my very best friends who I've been running with for years. So she's like seen all this transformation of me and experienced it alongside me. And I was like, it's weird that the more money I make, it, it turned out very differently than I thought it would because when I was in that state of like wanting and longing, I always thought, Oh, when I have a lot of money, I'll do this and this and this and this. And the more money I make, the I noticed the less I want, which is fascinating to me. You know, I'm like, huh, interesting. <laughs> so my life, I feel like is getting simpler, you know, like I don't, I don't desire a whole bunch of things. It, it's, it's experiences for me are very important. I love experiencing new things. And then that's part of my, my value of learning. Right. That's it. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so much there. That's a beautiful yeah. conversation. I, I have a funny feeling we could literally talk for hours. No problem at all. Yes. Yeah. I would but, love uh, that. <laughs> <laughs> you want to be slightly conscious of people and time and all that. Yes. You know, but, um, if like for you, if you were to try and pin down your fire in the belly in one or two words, then what would they be? <sighs> self-love. Yeah. Self-love. Cause that's where everything originates for your, you as an individual, mm. like, like learn everything you can about self-love isn't everything in your life feels aligned and incredible. Yeah. The more I love myself, the better my life gets. Yeah. Yeah, it's simple, right? You know, it's, I had a moment about three weeks ago, was, I like to go walk in a local forest. And I just stood and looked at a leaf, uh, you know, and just this weird thing at the moment. It's like the seven point, was it 7.2 billion people on the planet-ish, give or take? You know, there's 7.2 trillion cells in your body. And it's like 7.2 billion people could not create a 7.2 trillion cell person. You know, we couldn't create one of ourselves. We're good. Yeah. We, we can repair, we can help, we can assist, but we can't do it. And it's like, yeah, just that sort of, yeah, just that appreciation of being there. It's like going, we're all pretty special. I don't care who you are. You're, you're special and amazing. If you yeah. choose to, if you choose to see it, right? Uh, I love that. That made, yeah, that brought, brought tears to my eyes. I it reminds me of I have moments in nature like that a lot where I'm just like, oh yes. 
And sometimes when I'm reading things about our body and the way that it works, um, I'm sure, you know, Bruce Lipton. Mm. Uh, so I was reading his book. This was pretty recently I was reading and I just started crying. He was talking about cells and I was like, Oh my God, that's amazing. <laughs> like we are so, I mean, I want to say the word magical, but it's like, I, I don't even, what is the word? I don't know. Because like, that's incredible. The yeah, fact it, that we're alive at all and like seeing and talking and breathing and reproducing and doing all these things. Like, like the mystery of that to me is profound. For some bizarre reason, I was, I don't know whether I was bored or curious one day. And, and I thought if we were to replicate or to, to, to sort of easier to, to help people to understand is to show a cell as a speck of flower. So our 7.2 trillion sort of cell collection that we have in, in the average person, but demonstrate it as flower. It's like it would take 37,000 bags of flour to, to rep represent us as flour. <laughs> I don't know why. I, just, I was just like blown away by that. I was going 37,000 bags of flour. It's like, that's a lot of flour, you know? Yeah. So cool. Yes. Know. Okay. I'll stop talking because I know we need to. <laughs> oh, so dear. fun. Really, really, really amazing to get to talk to you. Thank yes, you. Yes, thank you. Is there a final message you'd like to share with our listeners? I, I always, I like to end with inspiration. So it's like, to me, it's the inspiration of when I knew and discovered and learned this statement, I was like, that's it. That's the key right there. Like, so it's always it, you, your outer world is a reflection of your inner world. And if you don't like what you're getting on the outside change, what's within, if you take that away and like really know that and uh, your life will change however you want it to. You know, so just know that you're the creator of your reality and, and don't beat yourself up about that because you could, instead, you could use that as the most powerful tool and change your life. And it doesn't take that long to lead an inspired life. Mm. It, it takes focused attention and energy, but you can do it pretty quickly, actually. You got to choose it, right? Yeah. got to choose it. Yeah. Amanda has been amazing. Thank you. Uh, yes we went down different rabbit holes and that's all perfectly fine that's exactly what we're supposed <laughs> to do so thank you thank you for being here thank you for sharing and yeah. uh, I have a funny feeling we'll talk again but for now thank you very much yeah you're welcome well that was another great episode of Fire in the Belly you know this really wouldn't be possible without a great guest taking the time to share their personal journeys and boy boy sometimes it is personal it's an absolute pleasure to have that and then to hear the journeys that people have been on We've loads more episodes coming up soon, and it's always a pleasure to have guests on. If you do happen to know anyone with true fire in their belly, please reach out to us so we can share their journey, lessons and successes. So all that's left to say is have a great day, live with fire in your belly, and be the mightiest version of you.